This podcast is part of Podcast One Sportsnet. That's right. You heard it. College basketball dream preview edition. It's conference tournament week, and we got a little bit of a different style as far as the format goes for this particular podcast. So instead of breaking down game by game, obviously, guys, we don't not we don't know a lot of the matchups other than the first round matchups in a lot of these games. So here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to take all the major conferences and break down each and every one of them. We'll give you our pick to win the conference tournament, a dark horse that could possibly win it, and a team that we're selling, that we're fading when it comes to the conference tournament. That'll be AJ and myself giving you that. We also have best bets for the games that we do know. The first round matchups, AJ and myself and Sleepy will give it you a best bet. Also, Dave Esler with a best bet as well. But before we talk conference tournaments and we talk about this upcoming week, let me first recap how we did last week. Hi, I'm Brad Powers. Best bet last week. Actually, back-to-back best bets were on Colorado, but over the weekend, they took care of business and won yet again, although it was kind of concerning come halftime when the Buffaloes were down, I think, seven. They pull away in the second half like I thought they would against a tired USC team playing in altitude, back-to-back road games. The Buffaloes cover as my best bet, and that improves my best bet run seven and three. Ten, we've done ten college basketball dream podcasts so far, seven and three. Last I checked, seventy percent is not too shabby. AJ Hoffman, how'd you do on your best bet? I won again, two in a row for me, but got me back to even. So I'm not nearly as good as you this year. But uh, North Carolina minus four. I think the market still continues to undervalue what Zion Williamson means to that to that Duke team. And like you, it was a close game at halftime, but by the end of it, North Carolina just had too many bodies, and and really Duke didn't have anybody step up. And it's a uh, nice, solid win for North Carolina. And, yeah, glad to be back on the winning track. Had a good Saturday overall. Went 10-2-1 uh, on my premium plays on pregame. Wow. So uh, got me back in the groove after a really bad week last weekend. So uh, glad to be back in the, in the green, if you know what I mean. Sleepy, how'd you do on your best bet? Sleepy J did rather well. Uh, North Carolina, I actually, I was a little worried about that game, but there was a four-minute stretch in that game, right around the 10-minute mark to about the six-minute mark in the second half. White for North Carolina just took over. It was a four-minute run, and that was the end of the game there. I mean, that's really why they pulled away. A little scary at the end, but I was happy about that. Hit both totals that I gave out last week, so... Good week for me once again. There you go. There you had it. Really good week for that's the a, podcast. That's a good I think, week for the podcast. Yeah, I think another three and zero on the best bets. Six and zero last couple podcasts. So not too shabby when it comes to that. All right, guys. Before we talk individual conference tournaments one by one, let me give you a little conference tournament betting one oh one here from Brad Powers. And there's a couple simple rules here to follow. If he at least, I can't guarantee profits. If that was the case, why would I be talking to you? I'd bet, I'd bet the mortgage on my house and sell the wife, sell the kids if I could guarantee that each and every week, day, year, month, year. Uh, but looking at it here, you know, there's a couple factors that I think goes into conference tournaments. At least you can get maybe some positive EV bets. And the first one, this is a long-term one. We don't talk totals too much other than Sleepy's totals here on the dream preview when it comes to college basketball, but there is one long-term trend and it makes a lot of sense when it comes to betting conference tournaments. And quite simply, it's betting the under 
in the championship round of conference tournaments. Bet Labs uh, did, did a lot of research on this. Since 2005, if you just bet the under in every single conference tournament championship game, you'd hit 58%. I know you hear all the guys talk 70, 80, 90% winners out here. I'll tell you guys, in a 300-plus game sample size dating back nearly 15 years, 58% is not too shabby at all. That's some significant profits. And not only do I like the trend line there, uh, but but I like the reasoning behind it and why the unders to play. Number one, you're, this is a unique time of year where you're dealing with kids playing three games in three days, especially when it comes to that championship game. It could be four, ga- four games in four days. Tired legs, jump shot, especially from the outside, might not be hitting because you just don't have enough oomph in your legs. Also, slower tempo. And another thing, these games for a majority of the conferences, the one-bid leagues, it's everything. It's do or die or go home. So every single possession matters for these one-bid leagues. Therefore, again, a slower tempo and the under 58% again conference tournament championship games. And I think even more impressive than 58%. If you just blindly bet the under every single conference championship game, you would have shown a profit nine straight seasons. This year, three and two as we're taping this one on Monday. Not too shabby. Any thoughts on that, AJ? The reasoning behind it. That, that's a little betting 101. Uh, unders, very profitable when it comes to conference championship games. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no question about it. That's been the case for the last several years, and I think actually it's been pretty uh, pretty accurate so far this year as well. Yeah, three and two hit one tonight already. I'll say this, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I will <laughs> definitely get at this early because the wise guys know this, and if you've seen so far, and we've had five or six of them, every single one of those totals has been hit hard in the market, meaning the under. And pretty much on average so far, the totals have dropped from the opener four or five points. So if you're going to believe in this trend, I'm one of them that's pretty uh, staunch on following this. Get at it as early as you can because from what we've seen, at least the first five, six games of this year, uh, and you got another 25 available for you, these totals have dropped four or five points. So the sharp uh, markets are definitely, the guys that do this for a living are all over this trend and so far, it's even been profitable this year. So, that, again, little betting 101, unders, conference championship games. Makes a lot of sense. Number two for me, you're going to hear this a lot this week. And I'm going to debunk this theory. It's This whole it's tough to beat a team three times in one season. Thank you. Wrong. <laughs> it's, not, it's really not. If you look at the last 10 years, and this is straight up, the team that's won the first two meetings – as far as in that particular season, they won game number one. They turned around and beat that team game number two in the rematch that season, home and away. If they play each other, neutral site game, or some of these conference tournaments are still on campus sites, the third time the team that won the first two meetings in the last 10 years has actually gone on to win the third game 72% of the time. Now, that's straight up against the spread because that, that's what this show is all about. It's a non-factor. It's fifty. It's almost exactly 50%. In fact, uh, I saw a couple of trend lines out there on Twitter. If you look at the last four years, it's exactly 
50%. I, I saw like 235 and 235 against the spread. So it's a non-factor in the marketplace, but yet you're going to hear people time and time again. It's tough to beat a team three times in one season. Uh-uh. Against, I mean, straight up, 72% of the time, team that won the first two meetings wins the third one. Uh, makes sense on, uh, on multiple fronts. One, the team's just better. I mean, you, you tell me Duke can't beat Wake Forest three times in a season? And the other factor is a team might just be a bad matchup for another, like a, a St. John's against a Marquette this year that just provides to be a bad matchup. Uh, what, any thoughts on this, AJ? Yeah, that's that's been my theory for a long time that I, I never understood that. And you can go back a little ways, and the, the numbers say that that's just not true. And and like you, it's it doesn't it, you know it's pretty close against the spread, but it, no one ever says, well, you can't cover against a team three times in one year but I don't know where that came from that you can't beat a team three times in one year and uh, I'm actually glad when you when you sent me the notes of what we wanted to talk about tonight I was glad that you brought that up because that's been something that I've always thought was foolish yeah if you hear anyone if you read in any handicaps that include that uh, <laughs> I would be very skeptical now with that being said that, that you know look if a team if two teams are really tight and a team won a couple coin flip games and the spreads were relatively close to the number, then I could understand using that whole, hey, it's tough to beat a team three times in one season because they but won a couple of coin then, flip games. Even then, if one if they, you got two teams and one of them wins two coin flip games, that third game, that team that won those two coin flip games is going in with the confidence that they've just got this team's number and that other team has to be thinking, man, what do we have to do to beat these guys? So even in those situations, I, I'm not afraid of that. Fair enough. And the numbers say you shouldn't be. Again, if we're talking, if a number's close to, to, to pick them, 72% of the time, team that wins the first two, what goes ahead and wins the third one. That's the last 10 years in a sample size. We're talking 600-plus games. Uh, 600, we're talking like 500-plus games in the last four years. If you're talking the last 10 years, we're talking 1,000-plus game sample size for that one. One final one, then we'll get into the conference by conference. Fully understand, because you're going to hear this so much this week, whether it's Joe Lunardi or anybody out there, teams that are on the bubble that need to win a game or two in the conference tournament. Don't think for one second that the market doesn't have that accounted for in the line. And in a lot of instances, not all, but most, you are going to be paying a premium if you want to bet these bubble teams that have a must win that you know quote unquote have the big motivational edge against a team that might already had punched their ticket at least uh, whether it be at large or, or whatnot uh, have already taken their seating and taken care of fully be aware that you are going to be paying a premium whether it's a half point point and I've even seen in some cases even more than that you are going to be paying a premium this week in conference tournament week on bubble teams now. Does that mean you can't win, you know, paying that premium? No, I think if you isolate it and, you know, pick your spots of as far as what bubble teams to play on, then, of course, I mean, you might be able to show a profit. But long term, if you're paying a premium, if a team is expensive, you can't win long term in this industry paying premiums. And, and more often than not, who, who are you paying a premium on? Public teams. And if you're with the side of the public, again, you're not going to win long term. So, just wanted to make sure you guys are fully aware of that. Any thoughts on that, AJ? Nope, agreed completely. All right, guys. That's a little uh, – I got a little bit on my soapbox there as far as conference tournament betting 101. Let me hear some flair. Showtime! Woo! There we go. Let's get into it. Conference by conference. We'll start off with the ACC. We actually starts this on Tuesday. Again, guys, we're taping Monday night. 
Uh, and, and again, the ACC is the one conference that, that, that tips off on Tuesday. And one quick note, uh, housekeeping item here. Guys, we're not going to have a podcast for Thursday night uh, release Friday morning. I mean, basically, if we did one, we could only cover the whatever games are played on Friday. Just way too much speculation when it comes to, well, if this team wins this game and this team wins this game, then the line would be this. We're not going to do that. Uh, again, listen to Straight Out of Vegas. That's a daily show that we're available. If you want to catch AJ's show, The Blitz, I'm on it on Thursday night. We'll be breaking down some games, whether it be Friday or whatnot, previewing the weekend. Check out Straight Out of Vegas, The Blitz with AJ Hoffman. And again, follow us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame, at AJ is the real, or at Brad Power 7 if you need extra information. But no podcast released on Friday. Just conference tournament week. We do. It's tough doing a podcast when you don't know the matchups. Although, another house. We'll be doing extra work. <laughs> well, we'll be, we'll be I doing mean, extra work the next week. Yeah, we are doing extra work. So next Monday night, uh, I, I, this isn't 100% confirmed, but uh, uh, RJ Bell is going to be on the College Basketball Dream Preview. And I believe we're going to go over all 32 first-round games. Selection Sunday's on Sunday, uh, this upcoming Sunday. And I think by Monday night, we're going to go over all 32 games. So keep that in your back pocket. We'll make up for it by not having a podcast on, on this upcoming Thursday and get you squared away as far as the NCAA tournament. So that, that's why we're going over all these conferences here. And again, like I mentioned, we're going to start with the ACC. It's Tuesday through Saturday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and again, for all these conferences, we're going to give you our pick to win it, whether it's AJ or myself. We'll give you a dark horse as far as what we can. And we can have different teams, obviously, AJ and myself, and a team that we're both fading. And in the ACC, I'll let AJ start it off. Uh, again, it starts on Tuesday. Who do you think is going to win this ACC tournament? Well, before we get into it, the ACC is the one tournament where you can't bet on every team to win the tournament. Uh, there, You can get odds on the top nine or you can take the field at a hundred to one. So remember, you take the field. Uh, I'm not taking the I field. Didn't think so. uh, I don't. I don't know what number it would take, but it's not a hundred uh, to get me to take the field. But uh, there is the the ACC is interesting because there are teams that are in Syracuse. We agree is an NCAA tournament team, right? Yep. Eighty to one. Uh, wow. Clemson likely an NCAA tournament team. Sixty to one. NC State. At least a bubble team, eighty to one. So there's some big numbers on teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament there, and th- those numbers come because it's so top heavy. And the top three: Virginia, uh, Duke, and North Carolina. Uh, it, it is it is expensive to uh, to buy those teams. One twenty, if you want uh, if you want to have Virginia, they are the favorite. Uh, plus one seventy five on Duke, and North Carolina is at plus. 350. So uh, those are those are the numbers, at least the latest numbers on the ACC. I'm going to go ahead and go with Virginia. It's plus 120 is not great value, uh, and I actually think North Carolina is probably a little bit better value at plus 350 here in a conference where the other two top teams are are priced so low. Uh, UNC's got two head-to-head wins over Duke, and they've won 14 out of 15. That one loss though came to Virginia, who just proved to be a, a bad matchup for the Tar Heels. Virginia avoids having to play the uh, both of the other elite ACC teams while Duke and North Carolina have to play each other if the bracket stays chalk. Uh, Virginia's healthy. They're playing well at the right time. They they And I believe this Virginia team is on a mission to, to sort of make right what went wrong for them last season. 
And when they weren't fully healthy, mind you, when they lost to a 16 seed in the opening round, which I think was very embarrassing for those guys. This is an experienced squad. I expect them to come out strong in this ACC tournament and build some momentum going into the uh, the tournament. Yeah, I mean, you get a full agreement from me. I, I'll take Virginia. I think one major advantage is the fact that, I mean, you're going to have one semifinal with, you know, Virginia-Florida State and the other semifinal possibly, if we're going by seeding, be Duke, North Carolina. So, uh, I mean, obviously Virginia is going to be, although I'm a big believer of this Florida State team, I just think the easier the two semifinals, Virginia, they get a little bit of advantage there. And again, when they're not playing Duke, I mean, who's better in Virginia? 28-0 against everybody else, 22-6 and against the number. One of the Duke losses, Duke had their best performance by far this season from behind the arc, something Duke is not about. In fact, Duke's a bottom 50 team out of 353 when it comes to shooting uh, three-pointers, and they hit 13 one night against Virginia when Virginia is one of the best at defending the three in the country. So that was kind of an outlier performance. I think the most consistent team has been Virginia. Again, plus 120. Uh, I mean, that's what we're going to give here. But in reality, if you think Virginia is going to win, I think mechanical parlay uh, is going to get you I a lot so better results from a plus 120. Betting Virginia to win uh, their games. Now you're going to have to lay more money, uh, obviously, in the in the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Uh, but just roll that over. And if they're playing a North Carolina or a Duke, I mean, you're not going to have to lay too much. In fact, they'd probably be a dog against Duke on a neutral of Zion's back. So agreement from both AJ and myself, Virginia's the pick to win the ACC tournament. Let's talk dark horses. Uh, you got a, a juicy one here, AJ. Who's a possible dark horse in the ACC? Yeah, this one I looked at. I looked at your dark horse as well, uh, but I, I like the uh, the Louisville Cardinals at plus three thousand. I know they've lost four of their last five, but thirty to one, there, there's some obvious value with a team that's got wins over Michigan State and North Carolina and Virginia Tech. The talent is there with those guys. I like having an experienced team, which Louisville's one of the three or four most experienced teams in the conference. Uh, they've got a solid bench, a top three or four in the conference bench. And I think they've got a top five coach in the ACC in, in Chris Mack. So their number compared to Florida State and Virginia Tech, who are the other two schools I considered, it just they're a little more appealing to me that at Florida State at plus fifteen hundred and Virginia Tech at plus twelve hundred. I think getting double what you get on on uh, with Louisville, it makes for a good value. Any concern? Because I mean, it's not like Louisville finished the season particularly strong, although they, they were relatively impressive that final game against Virginia. Any concerns there, AJ? Yeah, I mean, they, they've not played well down the stretch, and that's why you can get them at plus 3,000. Had they won four of their last five instead of lost four of their last five, I, I think you'd be looking at them as, as probably a 10 or 11 to 1. But uh, I, I think that's where this number comes in, and we know they've got the talent. They're not playing at their best right now, but they're healthy, and now they've had a few days to rest. They shouldn't be tired, uh, so I, I, they don't have to play in the opening round, which is obviously an advantage. So I'm I'm going to say that that you know obviously that they're not playing their best, but I still like the value you're getting here with that number. All right, again, that's Louisville thirty to one dark horse for AJ in the ACC. My dark horse, uh, you know, AJ kind of alluded to it. I'll take Florida State fifteen to one as a four seed. I mean, a team that I mean is playing about as well as anyone I wouldn't say in the country, but I mean it's clearly been playing like a top ten team. To close the season. The problem is they're just in the same conference as teams like North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia that they're not getting enough publicity. I mean, 12-1, and their last 13 games, that's straight up. And one thing I like about Florida State 
at least in these conference tournament settings, they're one of the deepest teams in the country. They use their bench. They can throw waves of players at you, eight, nine, ten players. They're also a, a matchup issue for a lot of teams, one of the tallest teams in the country. What the hell? Florida State 15-1 to is the number four seed. Now, knowing full well in the semis, they'll run into my pick, Virginia. But, you know, Florida State, again, if they get to a championship game, I think there'd be some value there, even against a Duke or North Carolina. This is a team that's not afraid to play, you know, three games in three days because of their depth. So Florida State 15-1, to my dark horse. Uh, team, we're fading. I'll, I'll, Go look, ahead. Can I can I add one thing to your your uh, your cap there? And the only, maybe the only reason why I didn't pick Florida State is because in the second round, let's face it, Miami and Wake Forest, you can throw in the trash can. In the second round, or in in the third round, technically, in Florida State's first game, they'll likely get Virginia Tech and Sleepy. Uh, I know he was on it with me. Uh, Florida State may have stolen from Virginia Tech in that last game, and you talk about a, a, a revenge spot from hell when they when they <laughs> blew a, a basically a twenty point halftime lead and lost in overtime. I imagine Virginia Tech's going to be way up for that game. Not that motivation is going to be much different for anybody. Everybody's motivated because everybody wants to win the championship. Uh, I mean, some are uh, some of the top teams are maybe less motivated because of see, they're not, they're not worried about you know what how it's going to affect them getting into the tournament. But I would imagine those Virginia Tech players remember what happened last weekend uh, pr- pretty well. But fair enough. Yeah, excellent point there by AJ. Uh, when you get agreement, we got agreement as far as the 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 pick to win it, Virginia for both of us and. The team we're fading is a team that that happens uh, uh, to be among a lot of the sports uh, topics as far as whether it be uh, your undisputeds or your first takes, and that'd be the Duke Blue Devils, with or without Zion Williamson. Why are you fading uh, Duke, AJ? The number's just not right, and we don't know what they'll look like. We don't A, we don't know for sure that Zion will be back. Uh, so I think you have to remember that and you can all the rumors and the, you know, he'll be back for the ACC tournament. Mike Krzyzewski thinks that he'll be back. And when he says, I think he'll be back, what that means is I don't really know, uh, which is, is a scary thing. And if you're if you're betting Duke at plus 175 and Zion doesn't come back, I think you've got a, a really, really bad ticket. Yeah, give me the no if on he that. Do- yeah, if he does play. I still think you don't have a great ticket at plus 175. I, I, I just think the odds of them beating North Carolina and Virginia on back-to-back nights are, are extremely high, given all the question marks that they've got. And Zion might be rusty. They're not going to have Marquez Bolden through the ACC tournament. It was announced today. Uh, he's he's a big defensive presence for them. He's their leading shot blocker. He's a, he's an underrated piece for the Blue Devils uh, on that defensive end. And I just have, I have to pass on the Blue Devils at this price. I don't see any value in that number. Oh, I mean, I, I'm i not going to pass. I'm going to fade Duke on an individual game-by-game basis, whether it's, you know, they're playing Syracuse or North Carolina. I think if Zion comes back, he'll be overvalued because he's not going to be 100% in game shape, uh, even though I think Zion's worth a hell of a lot. I mean, 23-2 and two, Duke is with him, plus 20 points per game. Without him, Duke's three and three plus two points per game. I mean, all in reality, it's above average, a little bit of above average team without him at this point from what we've seen the last six games. Uh, with them, uh, the, look, I'm the number one team in the country. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm fading Duke with or without Zion. I think without him, it's a depth shy team now, with all, like you mentioned, without their center. And with them, I, I don't, with him being off three weeks, and, and look, it's not like he's known as, 
you know, Mr. Triathlete as far as game shape goes. I mean, he's packing a little bit of baby fat there. Not sure, uh, you know, what kind of game speed he'll be in as far as being able to play two, three games uh, in that kind of day period there, two, three days. So uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly there, Fade on on Duke, whether it's individual games. But the the problem with fading them plus 175, AJ, bookies are bad. They don't let you, uh, let me bet the no. No, Duke won't win the ACC tournament. No, no, no. I'd love to, you know, let, if you're giving me plus 175, I'll lay 200 saying that the, the Blue Devils won't win it. Uh, the unfortunate thing, you can't get after that too much. That's too bad. You could have gotten it earlier in the year. Yeah, put in perspective, plus 175 to win the ACC, and they're what, plus 225 to win the NCAA tournament? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, which is crazy. Both of them are ripoffs. Again, that's the ACC. We'll move along here for you guys. We're going to go to the American, and we're just going in alphabetical order as far as these conferences go. Go to the American Conference. This is third, Thursday through Sunday action in Memphis, Tennessee. Keep that in the back of your head. Uh, that might be important, for, uh, and AJ is going to bring that up. As far as the pick to win it, and, and you're going to get a lot of this, not for every conference, but I'm going with the favorite, Houston, plus 125 to me. Uh, they they showed a hell of a lot. I, I thought Cincinnati was in a pretty good spot over the weekend. Cincinnati caught Houston at home. Cincinnati had been playing their best uh, as far as against the spread. I thought we were buying Cincinnati low. Houston off the loss against Central Florida, then kind of a lackluster effort against SMU. Uh, went into Cincinnati, the second-best team in the American, and took it to them. Uh, so that, to me, that really impressed was impressive. I mean, Houston away from home, they're 10-1 and away from home. So this is a team that's not afraid to win uh, away from home. I just think right now this is clearly a team that's just better than the rest of the conference. So I don't think there's a hell of a lot of value at Houston plus 125. Again, uh, you know, a mechanical parlay. And what do we mean by mechanical parlay? You bet a team to win. At one game, you roll it over to the next game. And the advantage of a mechanical parlay, if you don't like the matchup, you can pull out whenever you want and just jump out. Yeah, jump out. So the disadvantage is when you got a team like Houston, you're going to have to lay a lot uh, for a team to win a game, particularly in the early rounds. But Houston plus 125, my pick, I think you get uh, you got some agreement, right, AJ? Yeah, yeah, you do. And I'm a little concerned because UCF looks like a, a new team. Uh, just despite the Temple loss, they've just looked so much better in the last seven, eight games. Uh, but I just I can't fade this UH team. They've been far and away the best team in the conference all season long. Uh, they're still alive, although barely for for a two seed if they're uh, if they're able to win this tournament. And they beat every team in this conference this year. And I, I think that UCF loss was a wake up call for them. And they came out and blew the doors off a Cincinnati team on the road uh, the last time we saw them out there. So I think UH is motivated. I, I think that they are they're playing really good ball right now. And I just think we've seen over the course of the season. Yep, and that's, uh, again, agreement. Oh, we'll have to see how many of these we agree on uh, here. And, again, we did not compare notes prior to the show, believe it or not. Uh, Dark Horse, I'll lead this one off uh, here in the American. It's a team that I've kind of been on here as of late, although I think I picked two of their three ATS losses in their last 10 games. It's Wichita State. They're the sixth seed. They're 20-1. to one. Uh, I think quietly Wichita State's been playing really good ball. I mean, they're nine and one straight up their last ten games. I'm a big guy, a big fan of Greg Marshall, their head coach. Keep in mind, at the start of this season, uh, Wichita State had the most turnover on their roster and staff than any 
any team that he's coached as far as that Wichita State in the previous 12 years. This is a team that, that's playing their best ball of the season. And, and again, a team that's won nine of their last 10 games, covered seven of them. I think they're a dangerous team as a six seed. Wichita State, my dark horse in the American, 20 to 1 as that six seed. Uh, who, you, who are you liking as a dark horse, AJ? Yeah, I like Memphis. I like the home team. They've got the luxury of playing this in their building. Uh, and the only teams that beat Memphis in that building this year, Cincinnati and Tennessee. Wow. Uh, and, and since they didn't finish in the top four, uh, they, they do not get a bye in the first round, but they get the next best thing, and that's playing Tulane in the first round. So that's a good <laughs> thing for them. Uh, Memphis destroyed UCF at home once already. And UH hasn't played at Memphis, so it's an unknown how well they'll play in that building. But uh, I, I've not been a fan of this Tigers team, really, most of the season. But plus 800 is a pretty decent number on a team that's going to have basically home court advantage and a great crowd throughout. And they obviously have some talent. They were a team that was competitive in this league all year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if that had been my second choice, uh, I'm very dangerous, especially playing in your home court. And look, I faded Memphis a little bit uh, this season, but... Uh, more of it was away from home. They're playing some pretty good ball. And, you know, I had my questions on Penny Hardaway, not necessarily from a recruiting aspect of him being able to relate with players. I think that was a home run being, a, you know, a former Memphis guy and obviously an NBA star for the Magic. But uh, I X's and O's were a concern for me. And I think he's had a pretty successful season so far for year one for, for Penny there in Memphis. So I agree with you. You get agreement from me. Wichita State's my dark horse, but if I had to make a second one, it would be Memphis. Uh, you're going to get some more agreement here. Uh, the team I'm fading, Cincinnati. Uh, to me, uh, look, I don't want to necessarily, you know, I think this might be a little square to, to fade the team that clearly looks like fade material considering Cincinnati has at eight straight non-covers. They've failed to cover the spread in eight straight games entering this tournament. But to me, I just used the Houston game. That looked like a home run spot for them. They're coming home after a couple close, you know, close loss against UCF and no shame in that one losing by three on the road they get you know the revenge spot against the Houston team that barely beat them in the first game uh senior day uh to me I thought that was a game that Cincinnati should have had and then they get beat by double digits at home uh something's wrong with Cincinnati I mean clearly uh I'm fading Cincinnati and I think they'll get by in the quarterfinals because I'm just not a big fan of Tulsa or SMU although SMU has looked better as of late but you know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised this is a Cincinnati team that, that that loses in the semis, whether they're playing a Temple or Wichita State. Not buying Cincy. I think we can continue to make some money and even make some money maybe in the quarterfinals. Forget, you know, uh, you know, betting them against the number, fading them against the number. They'll begin laying, a, a, you know, six, eight uh, points. And the reality is Cincinnati, when they're laying numbers, can't get margin on anyone. I'm, I'm fading the Bearcats. What say you, A.J. Hoffman? Yeah, I say the same thing, and and I think that this the fact that this is the 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 second you know uh, price team in, in this conference tournament means that they are going to get some big numbers early on, especially, and they're two and three straight up against Temple, UH, and Central Florida. Uh, so to me, this, this number it's just not warranted at plus two fifty. They they've they've now lost two straight games. They weren't even competitive against Houston. That that's what was scary. Not that they lost to Houston, but they just weren't even competitive in that game. And they've been living on the edge. Their last eleven games, they've won. They've won by more than five points one time wow. in their last eleven games. Uh, Central Florida is twice the price, 
And I think I'd rather have the Knights if they were even. So, like, you could get UCF at plus 550 or 500. I'd rather have UCF at the same price as Cincinnati. Like, if you told me those two teams were even, I'd rather have UCF right now. So, I just think plus 250 is a bad number, and I'm with you. I I think you'll, you'll be able to find some value playing against Cincinnati in this tournament. Yeah, on a game-by-game basis, that's A.J. Hoffman. Again, you can follow him on Twitter, at A.J. is the real. I'm Brad Powers. This is College Basketball Dream Podcast. Going through conference by conference here, uh, as far as you know, our picks to win the conference tournaments, dark horses and teams we're looking to fade for the upcoming week. Just wrapped up the ACC American. We're going to move along to the Big Ten here. This is Wednesday through Sunday action in Chicago, Illinois. Good to see that it's back in Chicago, where, where it started there for the Big Ten tournament. AJ, uh, who do you lead off? This is this was a tough league for me. I think it's it wide open and balanced. I could see any number of four or five teams winning this. Who's your pick to, to win the Big Ten uh, Conference Tournament? Yeah, it's, it's the team that I've been saying I'd be picking for, for several weeks now. It's going to be Purdue. Uh, they, they've they been my favorite Big Ten team all season long, despite the early season struggles. They, they've got an elite player in Carson Edwards, which is something you like when it comes to tournament play. Uh, although he's probably not as as good as he was last year. They've also got an elite defensive big man in Matt Harms, who's, who's really stepped up his game lately. He's blocking uh, three shots per game over the last couple weeks, and he's actually turned into an offensive weapon. And when they've, when they've won uh, recently and when they've gotten margin, it's been because he's been very good on the offensive end. Uh, Michigan State's the rightful favorite, but but per- Purdue's not going to be an easy out for them, and there's no there's no value to me in the Michigan schools because there's too many questions about health so for me, I'll take the healthy team, the healthiest of the uh, the top tier teams at least going in. Purdue plus two fifty. I hate to sound like a broken record, but I thought I was going a little different here with Purdue. Not to you know. I thought I would be too. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I think AJ will go with one of the Michigan schools, Michigan, Michigan State. But give me Purdue. Now I don't think there's overwhelming value at plus two fifty. You're going to hear this time not. and time again. Mechanical parlay is the way to go as far as making money, guys. But. Uh, I, I just think Purdue's the you know best bet material when it comes to who I think will win the the, the tournament. Again, wide open league, uh, and you're going to find that out when me and AJ talk dark horses. Some pretty big dark horses that we're going to talk here. But you, you mentioned you hit on a lot of it. They got the star player in Edwards, but they got a good bench. They got the height advantage over most teams in the conference. I, I think it's just a well balanced team. I'll take Purdue plus two fifty dark horse. Give me a nice juicy one because there, there's some teams that are some low-level seeds that are playing, in my opinion, some of the best ball in the entire conference. Uh, who's your dark horse? Yeah, there's some there's some big numbers out there. And, and Illinois, who's upset a lot of teams this season, you can get them at 300 to 1. Uh, you know, Ohio State, Iowa, you can get at 80 to 1, 60 to 1, Minnesota 60 to 1. The, the 60 to 1 that I found is a team that I've kind of been against all year long, but it's Indiana. Uh, I, I'd left them for dead. They lost 12 of 13 in the middle of the season, and they've come to life recently. They've they've won their last four games. They swept the one seed in this tournament, Michigan State. And it, the, the, if the Hoosiers uh, get by a suddenly pathetic Ohio State, they go against the Spartans once again. We talked about can you beat a three a team three times in a row? Well, Indiana's going to test that. Uh, and what they've got in Romeo Langford is the type of player who can take over games and dominate in a tournament setting. I always say when, you, when you're when you playing in a tournament, whether it be your conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, if you've got a guy who's a, an NBA lottery pick, that can just, you can put everything on that guy and expect him to go out there and, and carry you. 
that's a good thing to have because those guys are going to give you consistent production. And uh, they do have, they also have the added motivation of, of being on the bubble. They can't really afford to lose, uh, to lose in, at least in embarrassing fashion here. They can't afford to look bad. So when, when you look at the, the price on these guys, 60 to one, so you're getting plus 6,000. Uh, I'll take Indiana there at that number. That's not a bad number. No, and a case could be made that right now, I mean, Indiana's playing about as good as the ball as anybody uh, with their backs against the wall. Being an interesting matchup against Ohio State, depending on uh, whether or not Ohio State gets their big man back uh, on that one. But yeah, I, I, you don't get disagreement again from me. I wish I could. Um, the show would be better if we disagreed all the time, or at least most of the time. Uh, my dark horse. I'm going to go with another one that's a sizable, juicy dog. Penn State, forty to one. Now. Uh, the problem is that they play Purdue and possibly in the quarterfinals and they're playing a pretty good Minnesota team uh, in, in the second round. But uh, from what I've seen from Penn State here recently, I, I mean, against the number last 10 games, 9-0-1. They've won seven of their last 10 games. And keep in mind, this was a Penn State team that started Big Ten play 0-10, and 0-10, but here lately, they've been playing about as well as anybody in the entire conference. I'll take a flyer on Penn State at the number 10 seed, 40-1, to 1, one of the hotter teams in the, in the conference. I, you know, the, I, I'd probably make a bet on them. If they were matched up instead of with Purdue, maybe it was Michigan or someone like that, I, I would have posted on Twitter a 40-1 to 1 ticket. I would have had a sizable ticket on that. But uh, as far as the dark, dark horse, that would be my favorite there in the Big Ten. All right, uh, team, we're fading. Who are you fading in the Big Ten, AJ? I'll be, I'll be fading Wisconsin. I, I know they're, they're kind of a hot team right now. They've won five out of six. But if you dig a little deeper, the only team in that run that they, they beat from the top half of the conference is Iowa. And Iowa looked lost without their coach. So they are a horrific free throw shooting team and their best win away from home this season is over the aforementioned Iowa. They just don't have a lot of quality wins that aren't in their building. I think they there. I think there are a clear top three in this league, the two Michigan schools and Purdue. And when you, when you charge plus 600 for the fourth favorite in, in Wisconsin, I just think the separation between those top three in Wisconsin is more than that. I'd actually prefer, I, I would prefer, probably prefer Maryland at 15 to one and I'd, I'd pay a, a better price for Maryland than I would for for Wisconsin so I, I just don't uh I don't like this Wisconsin team especially at that number plus 600 yeah I almost use Maryland 15 to one as my dark horse uh because I thought there's good possibility they can at least get to the semifinals I, again you don't get disagreement from me it's not a team uh, in Wisconsin I'm looking to buy team I'm fading is and again this might sound a little square but I mean, Iowa, what in the world is wrong with the Hawkeyes coming into this tournament? Eight straight losses against the number, four straight losses against Iowa, and it'd be even worse. You look at the last month since February the 10th, their only two regulation wins, we're talking Iowa, in the last month, a buzzer beater against Rutgers, a miracle shot that was a three-pointer from the corner that somehow hit the backboard and banked in. And another buzzer beater against Northwestern. That's it. In the last month, those are the only two regulation wins for the Hawkeyes. An overrated team. Uh, they got back their head coach, McCaffrey, and somehow they blew a big lead against a Nebraska team that was looked like a dead cat. 
uh, in, in the regular season finale on Sunday. I don't like what I've seen from this Iowa team, and I think they got a tricky matchup uh, in, in the second round. I mean, first-round game, Illinois-Northwestern. I, Iowa gets the winner of that one. And I think both, whoever comes out of that matchup, I think it'll be Illinois, but uh, I think that that's a dangerous game for Iowa right out of the gate. I don't see it getting any better for Iowa. And if they somehow find a way to win that game, they're not going to beat Michigan in the quarters. So I'm looking to fade Iowa, continue the fade against a Hawkeye team that just run out of gas. I mean, generally speaking, I thought Iowa was overrated prior to this, and clearly that's been the case down the stretch with a team that looks tired, looks like they're out of it, barely hanging on now to an NCAA berth. I don't see it getting any better in Chicago over the weekend for the Hawkeyes. Any uh, closing thoughts on the Big Ten, AJ? No, I, I don't disagree with you. I didn't like Iowa when they were playing well, and I definitely don't like them now. And uh, it, what I will say is they they did uh, destroy they destroyed uh, uh, Illinois when they played earlier this season. Which uh, they, so they may get a, a game in there, but that was at Iowa again. And and you know Iowa without their coach the last couple games looked really bad. You know, who knows what they they look like uh, come tournament time. They looked like they were maybe starting to get it together that last game. He was back uh, against a, a pretty hapless Nebraska team, but uh, I'll be interested to see how they uh, how they finish up here. All right, that's AJ Hoffman again. You can follow him on Twitter at AJ is the real. I'm Brad Powers. Moving along here, conference tournament action. We're moving to the Big Twelve Wednesday through Saturday action in Kansas City. By looking at the notes here, my goodness, we got the same winner again here. I'm gonna go with. Well, I mean, they, what is going on? I, I mean, do, do you got a feed into my computer, AJ? I do. All right. Again, I don't know if it makes for. I, I'm for, not gonna even bring up what kind of pornography you watch. But I, I <laughs> no, just know, just know that. Just know that I know. All right. I'm gonna take <laughs> Texas Tech, and I didn't want to take Texas Tech. To be perfectly frank, reading up on the conference prior to the show today. I, for me, because I, it's, I mean, look, you got to follow 353 teams. I, I, I'm looking at the conference tournament odds. I'm like, why in the hell is Kansas State 4-1? to one? This is the best team in the Big 12, at least according to me. Why is Texas Tech such a clear-cut favorite over Kansas State? Well, son of a bitch, Dean Wade, the center for Kansas State. I mean, if you breathe on him, he gets hurt. He's hurt again yep. for the Wildcats, and they're yep. a completely different team with him out of the lineup. So with that in mind, Dean Wade, who looks like he's not going to play in the big uh, 12 tournament for the number one seed, Kansas State, give me the two seed, Texas Tech. Uh, who's been playing the best? I mean, nine, last nine games, they've won all nine. They covered eight of them. They have the number one defense in the country. That usually translates from game to game as far as effort. I'll take the number two seed, Texas Tech, with the injury to Dean Wade. Uh, you, you have similar thoughts here, AJ. Yeah, very similar. They're just a monster right now. With Dean Wade hurt, I, you can't look at Kansas State, in my opinion. I don't think they've got a lot of value. Uh, like you mentioned, the nine straight wins, that's by an average of 16 points per game in those nine in those nine straight wins. And defense travels. That's what they always say, defense travels. And I imagine that, that Chris Beard's boys will will take that with them. And they'll, they'll, they're looking to get some momentum going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, and they've got a potential two-seed as well. It, it, it is worrisome when you look at Kansas and Kansas State blowing them out at some point during this season. Uh, so it's scary to lay such or to get such a small comeback at plus 140. But I can't pick any Big 12 team against them on a neutral court right now. So it, it was Texas Tech for me. It was the only option, plus 140. Again, agreement. AJ and me taking Texas Tech win the Big 12 Conference Tournament. 
Uh, Dark Horse. Here's some, finally, some disagreement here. I, I'll lead this one up. I'll take Texas 12 to 1 as a six seed. Uh, it's a deep team. Looks like they're going to get Kerwin Roach back. Uh, prior to the last couple games, and again, a di- very disappointing effort, and this is why I think we're getting value. You know, Texas in a good spot at home against TCU in the finale, need the game as far as the NCAA tournament goes. And you get a Texas team loses as a favorite at home on senior day. That was uh, what's given us value, in my opinion. You know, prior, Texas was 8-1 and one, uh, against the number. Uh, deep team, a unique team that can get after you on the defensive end with Shaka Smart as the head coach. Give me Texas as a six seed, 12-1. to one. Who's your dark horse, AJ? Yeah, I, I just couldn't look at Texas after that performance against TCU at home. Basically, a, I mean, a, a win that would have guaranteed them a spot in the NCAA tournament and maybe saved their coach's job, and they couldn't even get it done there. So it's hard for me to be to, to have much with them. Uh, but I'll be honest, I, I didn't see a dark horse that I really want to put money on. Uh, I, I think that it's the top, and after Tech, I mean, the top is the top, K-State, Kansas. I, I, I mean, I think they've got, they, they could win it, but I can't picture a team outside of those top three really winning. It, it just seems like you're, there are a bunch of long shots that you don't get a good enough number on. I, I looked at the team... Uh, the teams who I was high on at some point in the season, and it boiled down to Baylor and Iowa State. And I went with Baylor for the simple fact that they've got a better number at plus 1,500, and they're getting a little bit healthy. And if you get a fully functioning McClure and Makai Mason, they I guess they've got as good a shot as anybody. They, they have a proven coach. They swept Iowa State, uh, who's their first-round opponent this season. So I, I don't love uh, any of the teams outside of the top here, but – uh, if I had to pick one of them, I guess it's Baylor at a, at a plus 1,500. Fair enough. Uh, team, you're fading. I'll let you keep it going here. Who, who are you looking to fade, Big 12? Uh, it, Kansas, uh, it's kind of both the Kansas schools, Kansas and Kansas State. I, I just have I have a little more faith in the Wildcats' ability to win away from home, but uh, Kansas has lost eight times on the road this season, and asking them to win three games on a neutral. Uh, uh, do you think it's all neutral, though? I mean, they're, they're going to have the crowd advantage. Uh, I guess they will have some advantage, but it's still, I mean, it's not their floor yeah. and that's, that's a problem for them. And they run into a, a team that you like that reeling Texas team that they split with them this year. And the, the Kansas win at fog was only by two points. Yeah. Texas pushed them at fog. Uh, and obviously Texas desperately needs to get a win in this tournament to make sure that they're in the NCAAs and, and make sure that Shaka smart has a job next year. So I, I think that, that that makes it tough, and it makes it tough to uh to to take Kansas plus three hundred here. Yeah, and uh, you bring up a good point, and it's something I probably should have addressed uh, earlier in the podcast. When we're saying dark horses, not necessarily, you know, you should be having these forty to one tickets or twelve to one or fifteen to one tickets. No. But we're also considering guys. We think there might be value on this team against the number. You brought up the Kansas Texas game. Yeah, you, you think you know Texas might have some value, or at least it'll be a, a tough matchup for Kansas. When we're talking dark horses, not necessarily having those big tick future tickets in your pocket, but we're looking to possibly be betting on these teams when it comes to the tournament on a game-in and game-out basis. So keep that in the back of your mind when, when it comes to these dark horses. Not necessarily they're going to win the tournament, but we think you can, tr- you can maybe have some positive EV bets when it comes to uh, you know certain games in the tournament for these dark horses. So keep that in your mind. Uh, again, uh, yeah, I 
I, you don't get disagreement from me, Kansas. They're a team to fade. I'm going to fade TCU. I mean, other than the Texas game, which has been the outlier, I mean, this was a dead cat team, two and nine against the number prior to Texas. They got a short bench because they're a little shorthanded. They lost Jalen Fisher, their point guard, early in the season. I don't like them on a game in and game out basis. They uh, obviously they'll be favored in, in in the first round game, but other than that, I, I just don't see this team going very far. And, and I, I might even be possibly looking uh, to to fade them. I know they're going to be motivated against Oklahoma State because they recently lost to them, but. Uh, I just haven't seen much for, from this TCU team. Uh, so I, I'm going to be fading the Horn Frogs. Although this was, uh, pull behind the curtain, this was a tough one coming up. But uh, this is one conference that I really struggle with. I thought I was going to go in liking Kansas State a lot uh, with Dean Wade out. I, I don't like much. I think it's Texas Tech and everybody else at this point. Therefore, that's why I'm picking Texas Tech and, you know, some maybe more leans than anything on teams that I'm fading than Dark Horses. Did you have similar thoughts here, AJ? Yeah, I, it's not a it's not a tournament that I like very much because I, I don't feel like you're getting great value with the with the team that that should win, uh, and I, I don't really trust anybody else to actually get the job done. All right, that's wrapping up the Big Twelve. Both uh, AJ and myself picking Texas Tech to win it. Uh, moving to what I think is going to be a wide open, maybe one of the more funner tournaments. Funner is oh, not yes. a word. More more fun tournaments of the week. Big East, Madison Square Garden. Look, that you don't have the Connecticut's and the Syracuse's uh, like you used to, but I think you got 10 really tight, close teams, maybe with the exception of DePaul. It could be anybody's tournament that runs Wednesday through Saturday, and I think it could be the most competitive of all, the, at least the conference tournaments that we're discussing here. I really struggled with this one as far as who I could see five or six teams winning this. I ended up going with Villanova, and you're going to get disagreement from AJ. Finally, some disagreement on who we think will win a tournament. Uh, and, and look, I think we're buying Villanova maybe a little low, although 2-1 to one says we're not buying them low. They're the favorite for Pete's sake. The fact that they've lost five straight road games I think will be addressed by Jay Wright and company. A couple of those have been a little misleading. I got to go with my highest power rated team here. I'll take Villanova, again, a team that's lost five straight road games. I think they get their act together this week. But, again, my toughest call as far as the podcast on who's going to win the Big East tournament, I'll take Villanova 2-1. to one. What say you, A.J. Hoffman? Yeah, you'll get disagreement from me. I, I think that there are, there are a lot of teams that can win this tournament, and that makes me instantly I, – I, you can scratch DePaul off the list. DePaul doesn't have a legitimate shot to win it, but – I, I think when you with such a wide open field, I, I to me when I saw two to one on Villanova and Marquette, I, I scratched them both off and I, I looked for my next favorite. And the team that I saw with the most value, Seton Hall, they've they've put together a resume. They they won some big games in the non conference. They beat Kentucky on a neutral court. They've got a road win against Maryland, which I think maybe one team in the Big Ten was able to get. And you combine that with going five and three down the stretch. Two wins over Creighton, a win over Marquette, a win over Nova to close out the season. I, I think they've got as good a chance as any. And at plus eight hundred, you've got value there. Miles Powell has been in, he's been incredible down the stretch. And and if if Miles Kale uh, can be a serious contributor, he's put up fourteen and a half uh, per game over his last five wins, and they can get solid play out of uh, Manu in, in the paint. I, I think they can win this auto bid plus eight hundred. You know, maybe they they may not win the thing. But I'd rather have a plus 800 mm. ticket on Seton Hall than a plus 200 ticket on Marquette or Villanova. Fair enough. When I said Villanova again, 
broken record, mechanical parlay. That'd be more of the way to go. I mean, yep. they're a hot team, no question about it. I mean, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They just got done beating Marquette and, and Villanova. Both games were at home. But, yeah, I, you're not going to get major disagreement from me on that one. In fact, uh, you know, I, I'll say this. Uh, you're probably, as far as the value aspect, a little bit more on it than I am when it comes to this one. Uh, how about a dark horse, AJ? Uh, anybody uh, you, you think that's a dark horse in the league? Yeah, I, I actually have two this one, and there's two of them that jump off the page right. at me. And like I said, I'm, I was looking for teams that you could get a good value on. I mean, Creighton's playing good ball lately, but they're five to one. That doesn't seem like a lot of value. Uh, but then Georgetown plus fifteen hundred, and I know they're playing Seton Hall in the first round, the team I just told you I'd take to win. But at plus fifteen hundred and plus eight hundred, it gives you a little bit of insurance. Uh, Georgetown's won four of their last six, wins over all three of the top seeds during that run. They, they shoot the ball well from outside. They're the second best or third best three-point shooting team in the conference, just, at, just behind Creighton and Marquette. Uh, they're also the 11th best rebounding team in the country. At plus 1,500 in a wide open field, that's some really good value there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Creighton, although, I mean, this is how wide open the tournament is. The five seeds, five to one. So I, I think, hint, hint, you know, the, the, the market's kind of telling you this is a hot team. I think they come into it. Seton Hall being maybe the other as the hottest team in the league, five straight wins in cover, uh, particularly in the in the first round matchup. And, and AJ knows this one well. Uh, they got a little bit of revenge against Xavier after <laughs> yeah. blowing a game in overtime. And, and I think after that, Creighton's you know if they're red hot, they'll be confident against Villanova. I'll take the the, the Blue Jays here, five to one as the five seed, uh, a team that can be a mover or shaker when it comes to the Big East. How about uh, teams you're fading, uh, AJ? Uh, who let, who let are you me, looking to fade? Let me throw one more uh, dark horse out there, Providence. Uh, Ooh. They, they're at plus 3,000, the second longest shot in the league. And AJ Reeves is starting to figure it out. And if you don't know AJ Reeves, it's probably because he missed you know, the, the first half of the season. And he was a top 50 recruit. He had offers from Virginia, Virginia Tech, Louisville, Villanova. This was a legit superstar recruit for Providence. He missed the early part of the season, and he's starting to figure it out on offense. He scored 24 points, including six of eight from three against Butler in his last game. Uh, they also played uh, Villanova tight. They've won three of five going into this tournament. Into this tournament, they're they're an interesting plus three thousand bet. Uh, but I I think I like Providence, who we projected about a pick 'em against Butler in that first game. I, I think they've got a good chance to win that. And they can, I think they can, they're a team that you can bet on, uh, at least against the number, uh, the first couple rounds of this tournament. And Providence has made a couple runs here as of late in, in this tournament. Yep. Uh, I've been following along the last couple of years. Uh, team fading teams. Uh, yeah, I, men- to fade? I mentioned them both earlier. I, I, I'm fading the two favorites, Marquette and Villanova. I just don't think you get a lot of value with them. Uh, it, it, they, they should be the favorites, obviously. But the fact that they're both at plus 200, which means if you put $100 on each of them, the best you can do is is, is basically break even. And I, I just it sours me to bet on either one of them. It, this conference is just too wide open, uh, and you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find two teams playing worse over the final weeks of the season yeah. than Villanova and Marquette. And if I had to back one, it'd be Villanova, uh, just because I think Marcus Howard's kind of run out of steam down the stretch. But I, I don't want either one of them at this number. Yeah, you get agreement, at least on the Marquette side for me. Uh, four straight losses for them. At least I can pinpoint Villanova's been struggling on the road 
Um, and, you know, they have a couple of decent home wins, one of them being over Marquette. I also look at matchups. And Mar- if St. John's wins and should against DePaul, in fact, I would lean St. John's even against the number there. Uh, Marquette has not figured out St. John's out uh, at all. So, again, you're going to hear the narrative. It's tough to beat a team three times in one season. No, St. John's looks like a bad matchup for Marquette this season. Uh, and, you know, if you really dive deep into it, Wojciechowski, the, the head coach for Marquette, uh, Duke systematically has struggled with St. John's in, in recent years. Uh, not necessarily this year, but but in the past, they, they play one another non-conference just about every year. And Duke has struggled with St. John's. Very similar type of styles. Marquette that Wojciechowski's brought over from Duke, and yet Marquette struggling with St. John's. So uh, I think that's a very tough quarterfinal game for Marquette that they're playing St. John's. And uh, I mean, even a tougher semifinals, whether they're playing Seton Hall or Georgetown, I don't look for Marquette to get very far in this tournament. I'm looking to fade them. Again, A.J. Hoffman, he's going with Seton Hall. I'm going with Villanova in the Big East. Any closing thoughts? No, that's about what I got. All right, guys, we've got a couple conferences left, Pac-12 SEC, and I promise we'll get the games. We'll talk best bets. Sleepy Jay's in the house. He's been relatively quiet, but he's been waiting, looking for some totals, some sides. He's been a winner. He'll be coming your way here. Dave Essler also got tape on him. Before we get the best bets, though, let's go to the Pac-12. That's going to be right here in the beautiful Sin City, Las Vegas, at T-Mobile Wednesday through Saturday action. This is one where my pick to win it is also my dark horse. Another wide-open tournament. I think it'll be some fun. I don't think it'll be the best basketball in the co- in the country, but uh, I think this tournament's wide open, and my pick is actually my dark horse. And I think the, the market's telling you uh, that they probably shouldn't be the number six seed. It's Oregon. Give me the Ducks 4-1. to one. I think they win this tournament. This was one that uh, I might, again, mechanical parlay. Uh, you get more profit that way, but this one I might sneak in a little... You know, pizza bet uh, on the Ducks here, four to one. I mean, who's playing better than Oregon right now? Four straight wins to close the season. They win at Washington, the number one seed in the final game of the regular season. Ducks have the best coach in Dana Altman. I think they have a favorable draw. They play a dead cat Washington State team in the opener, and I think they match up decently with Utah. Uh, keep in mind, at the start of the season, Oregon was the preseason favorite. They lost their big center, Bull Bull, but other than that, they're starting to figure things out. Six seed, Oregon. I wish we were getting 14 to 1 instead of 4 to 1, but that is my pick and my dark horse Pac 12 tournament. What say you, AJ Hoffman? Yeah, you'll get agreement from me. And they're the hottest team coming in those four straight games. They've won by an average of 18.3 points per game. They are blowing teams out, and that includes wins over the top two seeds, Washington and Arizona State. Eight and four since they lost to Washington at home back in late January. And in a league where there's there's no consistency, eight and four is a hell of a run. And <laughs> you mentioned Dana Altman being the best coach. Uh, his Ducks have have won or played for the Pac-12 title four of the last six tournaments. So he knows what it takes to get there. Uh, I, I trust him more than anybody. You know, we've talked about my my disdain for for this Washington team that I just think is is overvalued all over the place. And I think at plus four hundred, you you got a good number with the Ducks. Um, my dark horse, I, I went went a little deeper with them. I, I thought Utah at plus twelve hundred seemed seemed pretty solid. And of the top four seeds, they're the only team with longer than five to one odds. And it, it's it's you know it isn't even as if they've been bad lately. They they've won three of their last four. They've won ten of their last fifteen. 
Uh, I, I think we, we made some money on them last week, in fact. And they've been competitive on the road all season long. They've lost against the spread twice in conference play this season. Uh, they're they're well coached, and they're the second best three point shooting team in the conference behind USC. They also shoot better a better percentage away from home mm. than they do uh, in their building. So it seems like they're. Uh, I mean, I don't know that they'll win it, but it just seems like a really good value at plus twelve hundred when you compare their resume to the other teams. Yeah, Utah. I- Friendly bet on that? Oh no, you got Oregon. Never mind. I was, I was yeah, looking, I we need Oregon some action here that's, for Pete's sake. That's a, little, that's a little insurance right there. Yeah, we need some green button bets here. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting you, you picked Oregon as well. You sure you weren't looking at my notes? I'm positive. All right, just checking. Uh, team you're fading, Pac-12. Who are you looking to fade? Arizona State. I mean, they're they're just so inconsistent all season long. They've got a plus 400 next to them, and and they're the two seed. I I just don't see any value in them. I don't see them as a team who can put together three straight wins in a tournament setting. They've been a little bit better of late, but I can't shake the idea. This is the same team that lost to Vanderbilt. They lost to – they did something no SEC (laughs) team could do. They lost to Vanderbilt. They're they're tied for the lowest odds on the board. There's just no value in them. Even even getting a first-round bye, I, I don't like that team. Fair enough. There's a lot of teams I don't like in this conference. Uh, Team I'm fading, probably the worst team outside of Cal. And maybe right now Washington State is. I mean, looks like they just gave up uh, on their head coach, Ernie Kent, who's probably got one foot out the door at this point. They're playing Oregon in that opening matchup. It'll be a double-digit point spread, but uh, I won't be running to a window to bet Washington State. In fact, I might be running to the window to fade them uh, against the, the Ducks there. I thought about giving out Oregon as my best bet. I just I'm not fond of laying double digits, which is what that point spread will be. But I think Washington State right now, no redeeming qualities about this team. Again, playing the team that I think will win the tournament right off the bat. I think that it's over at halftime. It's over before it starts for the, the Cougars. Uh, it's going to be a very short trip here to Sin City. Uh, Washington State's a team I'm looking to fade. Uh, and any closing thoughts on the Pac-12? You know, generally speaking, no. Let's get let's get out of the Pac-12. <laughs> How many bids is this t- conference going to get? They should get one. Yeah, I, don't I know agree. That Washington's almost resume. At this point. Is, I don't care who wins. I don't know it, that whether... they're. Yeah, Washington's resume isn't that good when you really stack it up. I, I mean, it, it's it looked good early in the season before they started losing to teams like Cal. I mean, that's just they, they should take nothing for granted. Everybody in this team should be playing like it's their only chance to get into the tournament. Every every one of these teams should be looking at this as basically a one bid league. And I'm looking at the the recent projections here. Washington a nine, and Arizona State eleven. Wow, I wonder what happens. Yeah, I can't like, say, believe Arizona State. Say Oregon wins, and Arizona State, you know, wins a game or two. I mean, could this and Oregon wins the tournament? Could this conference, this pathetic conference, get three bids? Oh my God, I, I that'd be unbelievable. I don't think there's any way they get three bids. All and, right, and let me lay do, it out for you. And again, uh, if we'll, they do, we'll get... that is a that that is a disgrace to teams like Belmont. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's 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 embarrassing if this if this league gets three three bids because I would argue that the OVC is tougher than the Pac-12 this season. Oh, I don't think the bottom is, but you know, I could say the top four. I mean, top four, yeah, for sure, the top four. As far as consistency, maybe. Uh, here, here's your scenario. Washington gets to the championship game. They're in at that point. I think you'd even say that. 
Uh, Oregon wins it, and Arizona State wins at least their quarterfinal game. Maybe, I mean, maybe three, or, or do they kick Arizona State out because they gave the Sun Devils the benefit of the doubt last year? I would say no. So who's out, Arizona State? uh, I would guess Arizona State's out. And and if Arizona State makes it, or I I can't, I mean, maybe Washington doesn't. I don't know. Nah, Washington Washington wins two games that they're in at this point. I mean, if they win two games, they're in. But is it a lock that Washington wins two games? Remember, there's a team that just lost to Cal. I was just laying out how the Pac-12 gets three bids. That's all. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I'm just saying in that scenario... What if this there may be a way, but gets three? But it's embarrassing if it happens. Agree. All right, let's let's move along to the next conference here. Final conference, the SEC. It just means more. Oh, that, that hold on, that's football, not basketball. <laughs> Although I'll say this: get the SEC credit. They made a commitment four or five years ago. Uh, Mike Slive sat down the the commissioners. I think it was Mike Slive, or was it uh, the new guy, Greg Sankey? It might have been Greg Sankey, the new uh, SEC commissioner, and said, hey, we gotta, we got to do something about basketball. It's Kentucky and everybody else. We, this just can't be football conference here. So and they went out. They made a, at least an effort to hire some good coaches, and here we are with, uh, you know, I think a competitive tournament. <laughs> it wouldn't be better if, you know, Will Wade wasn't, uh, you know, trying to lock down recruits as far as recruiting, but – uh, I'll, I'll lead it off here. It's in Nashville. It's Wednesday through Sunday. I'm going to go with Kentucky. Big surprise there, 2-1. to one. This is phenomenal. Since 1992, Kentucky in the SEC tournament, 60-11 and 11 straight up. 47-22-2 against the spread. 60-11 straight up, 47-22-2 against the number. And when it really means... Something the semis in the championship game, they're 33 and 5 Kentucky and 28 and 10 against the number. Quite simply, the Wildcats have dominated this tournament for a quarter century. Uh, the thing that I would have been, you know, jumping all over for joy for this one again, mechanical parlay, but more profits that way, guys. Reed Travis, though, the injury news wasn't great today. Uh, looks like if he does come back, it'll be limited minutes, not as a starter. That's per. John Calipari today. Keep in mind, Reed Travis played a significant role in the first win over Tennessee. Uh, Second game, he's out. Tennessee took advantage there, so that'd be my only concern. But I'm taking the Wildcats 2-1 to to win the SEC tournament. What say you, AJ? Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I I just think you mentioned the the historical dominance that they have. And the good thing for Kentucky is, at least with with Reed Travis, uh, they won't need him until Friday. And I don't think they'll really need him until Saturday when when they see Tennessee. If Tennessee makes it, which we'll get to uh, here in a little bit, uh, if Tennessee makes it up to get that far to where they get to play uh, Kentucky. But I, I just think you're getting a, a a team that dominates this conference for a long time, uh, and no one no one's more talented than them. Uh, they seem like an easy choice. We we may actually be getting a good price here too on Kentucky, given the question marks about Tennessee's ability to win away from home and given the problems that LSU has, uh, I, I think you've got a, a pretty decent number on, on the best team here at plus 200. Mechanical parlay. I'll just do the math here. Uh, you get them to win the first quarter fi- final. So that's one unit. I, I think we'd all agree Kentucky, Tennessee is going to be close to pick them uh, considering what we've seen. So that's another unit and you take them as a favorite and win another unit. Uh, in the championship game. So instead of two to one, you'd win three units. 
Yeah. Agree? Well, again, I, I agree to an extent, but I don't know that Tennessee and I don't know that LSU will be around in the uh, the quarterfinals and the, Fair semifinals, the, the semifinals and the finals. So that's that would that changes things a little and, bit. And again, the the disadvantage of mechanical parlay, it's why pros often do it. You got to it's something that the public doesn't want to do is bet a little or bet a lot to win a little. Something I mean, if you think that the the value's off, I mean, that's why pros aren't afraid to to fire at any number, but pros are not afraid to bet a lot to win a little. When the reality is the public, more often than not, are always looking for that that lottery ticket, bet a little to win a lot. That's so, uh, again, I understand why m- most uh, of the public does not like mechanical parlays. But, again, that's the way to go because the futures market, for the most part, is, is too pricey. How about a dark horse? I think we'll get some agreement. I- I'll tell you this. Out of any of the teams in all these conferences we've been going through, now, it, it, Vegas is all on top of this. I wish we were getting a juicier number. But I think this team, and A.J. agrees, has the most favorable draw of any team seated four worse out of any Agreed. of the major conferences. Do you agree with that? 100% agree with it. And who is that yeah, team? Auburn, Auburn is the, the five seed in this tournament, which means they don't get a, they don't get a, a double bye. Uh, but what, here's what they get. They get the winner of the Missouri Georgia game, which let, let's face it, that's that, that is not going to be much of a test for Auburn. Who, who can we also agree Auburn's the they're, they're the fourth best team in the SEC. We agree on that. No question about it, hands down. In okay. fact, I got Auburn power rated right now ahead of LSU in my power ratings. Okay, that that's fair. I, I think it, with all you know, if everything were even right now, and LSU had their coaches and their full roster, I would say Auburn's the fourth best team. They may be the third best right now, uh, but they get the winner of that Georgia Mizzou matchup. It should be a, a cakewalk for them. Then they get the four seed South Carolina, <laughs> who is maybe the seventh best team in the conference, maybe, and they're a four seed. If they get through South Carolina. They probably they either get Florida, Arkansas, or a, a, a an LSU team that's just going through all kinds of hell right now. I mean, I I think Auburn as a five seed has a, an easier path to the the tournament final than Kentucky or Tennessee has. Oh, no question to the to the final. I mean, to put the it top perspective. half of that bracket is just a cakewalk compared to the bottom. No, no doubt. And let's put it in perspective. In the quarterfinal game, again, if they're playing, and they will be playing South Carolina-Auburn, we're talking here. So they're going to be a significant favorite over the winner over Missouri-Georgia. Significant favorite. Uh, you know, close to double digits Auburn will be. Quarterfinal matchup. Even though Auburn's the five seed, South Carolina's the four seed, Auburn's probably going to be laying six, seven, eight points in that matchup. Clearly yeah. the superior team there. And then if you get to the semifinals, if they're playing LSU, I just mentioned it. What LSU is right now without their head coach, we'll see what happens without one of their best players is also suspended. Auburn's probably favored in the semifinals against LSU. So you got a five seed that's probably going to be a favorite until the championship game. Man, I'll tell you what, 10 years ago, we're not getting plus 450, AJ. We're probably getting no way. five seed, 10 to one, 12 to one. Uh, that that uh, Vegas is getting smarter. Yeah, they are. So... But I mean, and remember point- another great thing about Auburn, they they stay in games that they might not otherwise be in because they shoot so well from outside. They set an SEC record for three pointers made in a season this year. They are the best three point shooting team by far 
and that will keep you hanging around against against superior athlete teams. They, they, they are, and they've got a coach who's who's done well in, in this tournament in the past, and Bruce Pearl. So uh, I, I I like Auburn quite a bit, and and they I think that this is one of the few. You know, we've gone through these dark horse, and I, I don't know how many of them I'd really be willing to lay down actual money on at that price. But at plus 450, I, I still think you're getting some value with Auburn at plus 450. Yeah, and the reason being is this team's going to be favored again, like obviously in the second round in the quarterfinals, and I think they'll be even favored in the semifinals, uh, even over LSU if that's the case. So, yeah, this is the one where I do think there's some value. And keep in mind on the injury front, looks like they'll probably get Austin Wiley back, their center that's missed about 10 games this year. So that'd be a positive for this Auburn team. An Auburn team that... You know, I got on the cusp of top 10 in my power ratings. I th- their highest of high points. Keep in mind, I think early in the season, they were only catching five or six against Duke. This was a team that was very well thought of at the start of the season. Some injuries knocked them around. They've been relatively inconsistent, but just beat the number three seed Tennessee on their home floor over the weekend. So, yep, I think that's one of our strongest dark horses. I, I think Oregon winning the Pac-12 as a six seed is a pretty strong take. Auburn is a dark horse for me and AJ is a pretty strong take as we're going over uh, these tournaments. And obviously we agreed quite a bit as far as who we're picking uh, to to win these tournaments. Uh, How about a team you're fading, AJ? And that's going to actually sleep. We'll queue up sleepy here. That's going to lead. I'm going to lead it off as far as best bets here because the team I'm fading is going to lean into my best bet. Who are you fading, uh, AJ? I'm fading Tennessee. I, I, I just I'll I'll pass it. Plus two hundred. I, I don't I don't see any value there. Uh, this is an unproven team away from home specifically, and it's a little bit of a, a fade on their coach Rick Barnes as well, who a great guy, but he was zero and six in Big Twelve title games when he was in Austin in his thirty one year career. He's won a conference tournament one time. Wow, Providence in nineteen ninety four. Uh, the Big East tournament in 1994. The idea that, that Tennessee would have to go through Kentucky and either Auburn or LSU to win plus 200 isn't nearly enough for me to back the Vols here. I, I don't believe I don't believe in that team yet. Not to this not to this extent. You know, you give you say plus 300 plus 400, I'd consider it. But the fact that they're the, the, the they're a plus 200 here just doesn't make any sense to me. All right, fading the Volunteers. Yeah, I'll probably be fading them come the semifinal game. And you know, Mississippi State's going to be maybe a, a tough game for them in the quarterfinals. No, that's what I was when I was saying earlier. If Tennessee gets there, I think Mississippi State is legit. I think they're a top five team in this conference. And they're when I say South Carolina's not, Mississippi State is my fifth best team in the conference. Uh, I, I think Mississippi State can give Tennessee some problems, and we saw. We saw the problems Tennessee had against Auburn on the road. I mean, I, I think if Mississippi State can hit some shots from outside, they can be problematic for Tennessee. Any concerns? This one's in Nashville, the tournament, and Tennessee doesn't have much to root for on the football field lately. And I do a couple of local hits each week in Nashville. They're pretty fired up as far as this basketball team. Any concerns there? I mean, the crowds. I mean, there's going to be two fan bases that are very well yeah. represented, Kentucky and Tennessee here uh any concerns there no i actually lived in nashville for a few years and uh what it, there is there are a lot of tennessee fans there but there are a lot of kentucky basketball fans there <laughs> yeah. and for the long remember tennessee basketball hasn't been relevant for a long time so when when you're when you're local not really local it's about a three-hour drive but when your local team is not competitive for long enough 
you find a team in that region and people tend to grab onto them and Kentucky's that team uh, in Tennessee. So I, I think that the, if I mean Tennessee will be represented very well, I'm sure, but I think Kentucky's going to have a really strong contingency too. Fair enough. That's AJ Hoffman. All right. I kind of teased it here. The team I'm fading is part of my best bets. It's we've been waiting all show for it. I'm going to hear some blossom. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. SEC tournament action on Thursday. Looks like it's going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start time on the SEC Network. I am fading the Crimson Tide of Alabama here. Give me Mississippi. We'll call the line three. Might be shorter than that because one of the factors is you're going to hear all week, Alabama's on the bubble. Uh, so, so maybe the market will be on Alabama. Alabama's been on the bubble the last three games. And what? how has Alabama responded? Home game against LSU, big spot for them. Lose outright. Don't cover the spread. Against your arch rival, Auburn, the Tigers come in. Alabama blows a double-digit lead at halftime. Lose that one on their home floor. Alabama's still on the bubble. They're playing Arkansas over the weekend. How does Alabama respond? Another loss for the Crimson Tide there. Uh, This team's limping in the tournament. They can be on the bubble and talk all that must-win that they want. Reality is this team, the last eight games, two and six straight up, one cover in those eight games. And who is Alabama's opponent? A team that is one of the best in the country all year long against the number. And a team that recently has nearly upset Kentucky and Tennessee, in my opinion, the two best teams in the SEC. And Ole Miss nearly beat both of them here in the last couple of weeks, uh, losing in the closing seconds against both. I just think there's more energy with this program. First-year head coach Kermit Davis has Ole Miss in the tournament, and I think they're excited to be here uh, with an opportunity not to win here. Give me Ole Miss. I'm fading more more often than not. Fading Alabama here is part of my handicap. I'll take the Rebels on Thursday, minus three. Any comments on that one, AJ? I agree with it. When we uh, send you, when you sent over all the lines for this week, uh, Ole Miss was one of my last ones that I was looking at for best bet. So, I think it's a strong play for you, and it was almost another double best bet, in fact. So uh, I, I actually like that quite a bit. All right, talking best bets here. We'll get the sleepy. Well, we're going to tease uh, sleepy here. A.J. Hoffman, best bet, conference tournament week. Yeah, Where are you going? I'll stick in the SEC with you, and I'll, I'll go with Missouri minus three uh, against Georgia. And there's a reason these teams are, are 12th and 13th in the conference. They're, they're both really bad. But Mizzou has been fighting. Uh, they're four and two against the spread in their last six, including a 16-point win over South Carolina, the four seed South Carolina, and a 25-point win at Georgia. Uh, they they hung close with Ole Miss. They hung close with Florida. They hung close with Kentucky in that stretch. And Georgia is they're a mess. They've won two conference games uh, it, it, this whole season, and one was against Vanderbilt, which shouldn't even count. So they've they've lost their last two games by 25 and 20, and in those two games they've scored a combined 85 points. Of, of Georgia's 16 losses in SEC play, only two of them have been by less than three points. It, this is a crazy stat to me. They've pulled down 10 fewer rebounds per game than their season average over the course of the last three games, 
which to me is an effort issue. Georgia, over over the course of the season, 37th best rebounding team in the country in that matchup against Missouri. They got out-rebounded 50-28. to 28. Rebounding is an effort stat, and that's an effort issue. It tells me that Georgia's quit. I, I think Mizzou covers easily here against a, a Georgia team that just has no life in them right now. Mm. You can agree with me on that one. Woo. I just go through puberty. Did you hear that? My goodness. I got all excited about that. My voice Congratulations. cracked. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, that's how excited my voice cracked. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right. Missouri and Ole Miss, both minus three out of the SEC. Best bet, uh, Mississippi for me. Best bet, Missouri from A.J. Hoffman. Sleepy Jay's been quiet on this particular podcast, but he's not going to be quiet. We got not one, but two best bets from Sleepy Jay, give me the side first. Tuesday night action, best bet. Who you got, Sleepy? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take UL Monroe tomorrow night, minus the seven and a half app state at UL Monroe. This is a true home game for UL Monroe. Obviously, we're in the Sun Belt Conference tournament here, but UL Monroe will go ahead and get a home game. App State, terrible on the road this season. App State, only two wins all year long. They beat the Sun Belt's worst team, Little Rock, big deal. They beat the Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajuns actually had a bad shooting night that night, but those are the only two wins that App State has had on the road. UL Monroe, I think they're actually live to win the Sun Belt here. Monroe, pretty good non-conference schedule. They played some tough teams, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, Michigan State, and they beat the Sun Belt's current best team. I think Monroe is the much better team here. If you take some of the stats from UL Monroe, three-point percentage, 15 in the nation, free throw percentage, number six, turnovers, number 40, fouls, number 30. Monroe just doesn't do things to kill themselves, but App State does. App State defense, one of the worst in the nation, number 333. I expect full throw. Sold-out crowd here for UL Monroe. I think it's a tale of two teams, tale of two mindsets. Monroe, as I said, I think they're live to go ahead and win this uh, conference. Best bet, UL Monroe, Tuesday night, minus 7.5. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't uh, I don't disagree with what he said on, on Louisiana Monroe. That's actually a team that I've been looking at for my car tomorrow. So, Ooh, look uh, at that, AJ, I, coming in yeah. there. Yeah, you brought up free throw shooting. I forgot that was part of my handicap for uh, my best bet. I love betting teams free throw shooting because it matters uh, th- this time of year. You get those late foul fests sometimes, and you might get one in the Alabama-Mississippi game because Alabama's playing on the bubble, playing for their life. Old Miss number four in the country as a free throw shooting team. Alabama's 304. Mm. So that's one thing, metric, that I don't think a lot of people use. I do this time of year, and 300 spots better is Old Miss over Alabama. So thank you that's for reminding wild. me on that. Sleepy. Total. You've been Mr. Total here, winning them left and right. Wednesday night action, where are you going with? I'm going to go with Washington State and Oregon Wednesday night. I project this total to be around 142. Now, these teams faced each other already twice this season. First meeting, the total was 144. That was the posted total. The game went under. Second one, 143.5. That game went under. In fact, both teams only scored 136 points in the first meeting, 133 in the second both under my current projected total of 142. I would play this under to 139.5. First meeting, these teams shot lights out 54.5% from the floor. Three-point percentage, very good. The second game that these teams played, again, shot very well. Those percentages are actually very well above season averages you know, nationwide. Oregon, last four games, they've stepped up on defense. They have the number 20 defense in the nation. They've only given up 51, 47, 61, and 47 points their last four games. Oregon really getting it done with defense. 
What does Washington State do well on offense? They shoot the three ball very well, but Oregon, number 20 in three-point defense. I also like the fact that this is a venue change for both of these teams. They're not going to have the home rims to benefit the home team here. I think the backdrop may hurt both teams. Wazoo, they've had some issues on defense all year long. But if you notice what Wazoo has done after they've really laid some goose eggs on defense, like giving up like 90 points, 90 points, they turn around, they they tend to have a decent effort. The trend line here after Wazoo's last game would say better defensive effort. I think they'll do that. Reason being, Oregon runs a very slow pace, number 302 in the nation. 329 now. 329. Well, that's good. It's even worse. So that yep. actually helps me out. So my oddball total Wednesday night right here in Las Vegas, I'm going to go out. I'm going to play Washington State. Oregon under the 142. Strong stuff, Sleepy. Good stuff there on the total Wednesday night action. Before we get out of here, uh, we got some Dave Esler sound. He's got a best bet. All right, Wednesday college basketball. I like Arizona over SoCal. Projected line Arizona minus one might be a little more. USC's won three games that weren't played at home this season. One of them was Missouri State on a neutral floor way back when. Two wins on the road over Cal and Washington. As I said last week, they don't count. If Arizona was going to regroup for even one game, this might be it to avenge a 33-point loss to the Trojans back in January. That game, Arizona shot 28% from the floor. Not going to happen again. When USC can't control the pace, which is going to happen on the road, they're in trouble. They're in trouble here. They rely too much on perimeter shooting, foreign gym, foreign sight lines. That tends to suffer and USC is merely a 61% free-throw shooting team in conference play, something I can never back. So for all the length USC has, they're a terrible rebounding team at both ends of the floor. Motivation, I think Arizona has some because they're Arizona and they had expectations. And with USC playing and losing three straight road games to close out the season, I don't think they have any motivation. Arizona knocked USC out here in Vegas last year. They're going to do it again this year, like Arizona, to get a little bit closer to Arizona basketball and knock out the Trojans Wednesday. All right, that's Dave Esler again, liking Arizona over USC. i got to be perfectly honest. I don't have an opinion on that one. That one's a pass. I, I'm not a big here. supporter of either team. I was on Arizona over the weekend. That was one of my, I think, my only loser on Saturday on a deep card uh, was the Wildcats. I can't back either, and I've been fading SC left and right. All right, closing up the show here again. Brad Powers here, A.J. Hoffman on the other line. you got Sleepy J in the house. Any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap up the podcast, A.J.? No, I, I, I will just say, remember that it's hard to, it's hard to find great value it, it, from this point on, especially in these bigger conferences and conference championship games. I, I mean, it, it was easy, you know, when you're playing in the, the, hori- the first round of the Horizon League, there, there's easy numbers to find, but... Just remember that these numbers are going to be pretty sharp, so uh, manage your bankroll wisely and, and save some for uh, for the NCAAs Sleepy and the NIT. Yeah, any closing thoughts? And then we'll uh, I'll break down as far as what the upcoming schedule goes. Yeah, obviously our schedule this week is kind of jam-packed. It's going to be jam-packed for the next couple of days. we got people coming into town, people leaving town, and uh, trying to get podcasts and stuff done. Obviously, we can't project who's going to win uh, these certain games. I'll go ahead and set up a podcast for you guys Thursday night. So what I'll do is I'll take out some time early on my Friday morning. I'll do an audio. I'll put it up on our SoundCloud thing, and I'll put it on my Twitter. I'll also put that in the pregame.com forum. Not sure how many games I'll get to or how many plays I'll be able to give you guys. But I would like to give you guys something so you have something to lean on. Brad's got a ton of work to do. Obviously, AJ does as well. So if I can do that for them to give them a little of a space to breathe, that'd be cool. 
Yeah, and, and keep in mind, guys, while there will be no podcast uh, that'll get released to you guys on Friday morning, you can check out Straight Out of Vegas, RJ Bell, myself, Steve Fezzik. On that one, we'll be breaking down some of the, the college basketball tournament games as we know the actual matchups. I have a nice, um, very popular spot on Thursday evenings on A.J. Hoffman's show, The Blitz. You can check him out. He'll be breaking down games on a weekly uh, and night-in and night-out basis as we know the conference tournament matchups. The next podcast for us, it'll be a big one. If you're going to listen to one podcast this basketball season, it'll be that one. It looks like we're going to be taping on Monday night, released Tuesday morning, the upcoming week, and it will cover every single one of the 32 first-round games as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Looks like RJ is going to be hosting that uh, one. I'm sure, obviously, I'll be there. We'll see what some of the other guests uh, will be on that one. So that'll be get released to you guys next Tuesday. That'll be the next podcast for the next week. Enjoy the conference tournament matchups. Again, you can follow Sleepy on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. He is AJ Hoffman. Follow him on Twitter at AJ is the real. And I am simply, merely Brad Powers at Brad Powers 7. Good luck this week, guys. We'll talk to you next week.